0: basketball recruiting merry-go-round continued this week as Montana State landed a transfer from another Big Sky Conference school. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Tuesday, Montana State announced the signing of Robert Ford III, an honorable mention All-Big Sky point guard at ISU. Ford will transfer with one season of eligibility remaining, but he has applied for a medical hardship waiver that would give him a second year. Ford, who averaged 11.4 points per game last season at ISU, will help fill the void left by a pair of MSU guards who hit the NCAA transfer portal last week. Kellen Tynes, a sophomore Guard who has served as Xavier Bishop's primary backup the last two seasons and Isaac Spears, a freshman who played sparingly, each entered the transfer portal last week. The Grizz men's basketball team now has seven new additions to their roster so far this offseason. Montana added Colorado State transfer Deshaun Thomas and his brother Darrell Thomas earlier this month. The Grizz landed Metro State transfer Lolu Okay over the weekend and Montana signed four high school players. Rhett Reynolds of Shelby, Hayden Bateman of Missoula Big Sky, Jackson Knapp of Renton and Southern California point guard isaiah kerr last week and finally on the second day of the big sky conference women's golf championships in scottsdale bozeman native cameron Basie fired a one under 71 to help montana state shoot 302 as a team to sit in seventh place entering the last day of the tournament montana sits in last place this espn missoula sports center is brought to you by selway armory I can't imagine. See, I always love thinking about music and albums, not just in their historical context or how much they resonate throughout time, but also what the moment was like when they actually dropped. You have to think, man. The first couple of Metallica albums, just blowing people's faces off. Gotta love it. The advent of new age thrash heavy metal. Couldn't be better. Welcome back. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for kicking it with us here on your Wednesday Missed anything in the first hour of the show. We went all the way around the wide world of sports in Montana. Talked about how we have eight, count of eight, high schools in the state of Montana moving up from Class C to Class B. That's interesting. Got Class C towns growing. We also talked about this growing issue, in my opinion, of school boards having all the power in these small Montana towns. A lot of really good coaches not getting the leeway and the time of day that they need, and they're getting forced out by... Maybe a much too small percentage of the population. We also talked some uh, Riverbank Run, the 50th annual Riverbank Run here in Missoula, coming down the pipe. And then we also give you a little history lesson about Otis Birdsong, who is one of five former NBA All-Stars that headlined an event up at Gray Wolf Peak Casino next weekend. All that can be found on the Nuanez Now podcast, proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana, as well as... The Advocates. You want to stream the show, listen to the show, you can always do it on our station website, 1029ESPN.com, or download that ESPN Montana app. You can have this show live and or archived every single day. Also give you an inside look at Grizz Lacrosse and Grizz Hockey, and we got a whole bunch of other stuff coming down the pipe as well. Congratulations to Tommy and Jeff and the boys for getting that app developed. It's uh, very cool and uh, very fun. Uh, great way to engage with us here at ESPN Radio. Time now for our ESPN Roundtable, our long-form interview for the week, and a guy who's joined us several times on this segment before, Mike Kramer, longtime Big Sky Conference football coach. And Kramer, I was thinking, we need to get you a new title. I'm thinking like resident historian or maybe grand historian of the Big Sky Conference. What do you think? <laughs>
1: I would like to be uh, thought of in terms of the Big Sky Conference because I grew up with it. But anything before the Big Sky Conference is a little fuzzy for me. But,
0: man, how you doing? I'm great, man. It's great to hear your voice. Great to hear from you. And uh, as so many great ideas come, this came from us just shooting the breeze. I was texting you about my biographies for the Montana Football Hall of Fame. And uh, you're like, man, I probably got stories on all those guys. I said, well, hell, let's tell the stories to the people. So this is our ESPN roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. But for those of you that want to come to the greatest reunion in football in Montana, June 24th, Billings Convention Center, June 24th and the 25th. The induction ceremony is actually Saturday the 25th. And uh, we have a great star-studded class. You can get tickets at any Universal Athletic around the state of Montana. And uh, here is our class quickly before we get to some storytelling in the players category. We will induct Baker native and former Montana All-American, Shan Schillinger, Troy native and former Montana All-American, Blaine McElmurray, Bozeman native and former Montana State All-American, Dane Fletcher. Then in the Legends category, we'll induct Jim Sweeney, the guy who uh, is, is sort of the godfather role in so many of the roads from Montana State leading to the Mining City in Butte. And then our support category, Rocky Gullickson, who was a Montana State strength coach and then went on to become an NFL strength coach of the year. Marv Sunderland, who hails from Chester, who was a NFL scout for almost 40 years. Dane Storenston, who hails from Great Falls, a CMR alum, who was an NFL Media Emmy Award winner. And then Robert Rads at the Door, a guy I've known for a very long time who uh, is part of a wonderful family with both ties to, the, uh, to Browning and Harden, both ties to the Blackfeet Reservation up there in Browning as well as the Crow. Uh, but Robert was a liaison for the Washington Redskins uh, before they became the Washington football team for decades at a time, and a guy that really represented for his people from Montana. There in uh, America's capital, well, Krebs. We'll talk. We'll start with some of the players. I want to start with Dane Fletcher because he's a guy that you helped recruit to Montana State a guy that you coached uh, during his early years as a player, who then transformed into uh, one of the the great players of the modern era in the Big Sky Conference, the 2009 Defensive Player of the Year, and a guy that went on to play for the uh, New England Patriots and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So uh, it's funny because I'm the exact same age as Dane, and I remember Dane growing up, but I remember him way more. As a catcher and a hockey player, even, even as a football player, he was a hell of a football player, too. Well, he was
1: a, a great baseball player in a, in a state that doesn't produce a lot of great baseball players. Had Dane maybe grown up in Southern California or Arizona or Texas, we probably would have never talked to him about, talked to him, about him as a football player. And if you would grown up in Manitoba or Saskatchewan, maybe we'd have never talked about him as a Bobcat football player either because in both of those sports, he had ample opportunity because his folks uh, exposed him to those sports and making sure that he had an opportunity to play those sports before football really be, kind of became the end drive for him. And the ironic thing about him is that, you know, everybody wants a big recruiting budget. Everybody wants to fly here, fly this guy. This guy can, has played against this competition and that. And if you look back at Bobcat football history, a lot of guys have come just from down the street at Bozeman High School. And those guys, sometimes they came on scholarship, and sometimes they came on partial, and sometimes they came as walk-ons. And all of the time, they end up being contributors to the program in ways that are innumerable. And Dane was one of those guys. He was a guy that very, very early in his career. He was a little undersized because in baseball and hockey, they don't want him to be that big. They want him to be longer. And, more leaps, and so as he took his time and built himself stronger, he became more physical, more strong, but he also had the same competitive instincts that he had applied in hockey and in baseball, and he turned out to be just a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous defensive lineman, pass rusher, dropper, linebacker, just and a great, great, great football player and a great contributor, uh, not only uh, to the Big Sky Conference, but from Bozeman to the college football world.
0: Mike Kramer joining us here on the ESPN Roundtable talking all things Montana Football Hall of Fame here on Nuanas Now. And Coach, when I, when I think back to Fletcher, Dan was such a great athlete, for sure. But I, when I think of him, especially at his peak of his powers, right, towards the end of his career with the Bobcats, his attitude and his irreverence are the things that just stood out so much to me. And I think that those are the things more than any physical skill or, or strength or speed or anything, that really carried him into the league. I think he could hang from a mental perspective. So what do you remember about that element of him? How much do you think that contributed to him, especially being uh, in the pros as long as he was post-Bobcat career?
1: Well, I think the fact that, you know, early in his Bobcat career, it was tough to kind of find a spot for him. He had to to really kind of decide whether he was going to be a defensive end or outside linebacker or inside linebacker. Uh, And he came up during a time when we just had a great core of inside linebackers, which is obviously his his natural position. So when opportunity came for him to be able to show his wares at the NFL level, where he could use his size, his savvy, his vision, his balance, his coordination, his ability to adjust on the run, his feet, inside linebacker was the best position for him. Yet, while he was a Bobcat, there were a lot of other positions we needed him to play rather than inside linebacker where the great Bobby Daly (laughs) held sway for so many years.
0: A couple of these other guys you coached against, including Blaine McElmurray, you were at Eastern Washington, uh, the head coach there at Eastern Washington, when when Blaine was uh, having an All-American couple years at the University of Montana. He was a pivotal member of Montana's 95 National Championship team and then a captain on the team that went undefeated all the way to the National Championship before they ran into some guy named Randy Moss. But Blaine then went on to play in the NFL for a handful of years as well. Uh, but he uh, he holds a, a, a spot in that lore of Montana safeties from Tim Houck through Todd Erickson, and then Blaine was kind of the next guy in that line, then preceding guys like Colt Anderson and Shan Chillinger, who we'll get to in a minute. What do you remember about uh, Blaine as a player back in the Big Sky days when you were at Eastern?
1: All three of those Montana safeties share one common trait. They were all walk-ons. Shan got a partial scholarship, I guess, but uh, when you talk about any of these other guys, they really earned their own way. In fact, uh, I met Blaine at a I'm going to say at St. Regis and we were I was at Eastern Washington as an assistant coach and we were on our way uh, maybe I was a head coach we were on our way to Missoula to play and uh, Troy High School where he went to high school was on his way to play a playoff game and one of the, the head coach there or an assistant coach there I had was an acquaintance of he said hey here's our best football player and <laughs> he showed me <laughs> hes like five foot nine, one hundred and fifty-five pound kid. He said he's also like fourteen point fourteen-five, fourteen-six pole vaulter. And I was mm. like, "Wow, pretty athletic, you know? Pretty, you know? When you're a pole vaulter like that, you can really do some things, and you're also fearless." Well, <laughs> as Mac Maru went on to have a career, he pole vaulted past a lot of wide receivers to make tackles, and uh, it really was an all-around athlete from a very small town uh, who who had just a, such a phenomenal run uh, as those guys went all the way to the national championship game and the same thing is true about shan you know shan's older brothers had, had good college careers and his dad was a, a coach out in out in baker but he really was maybe the best and i had opportunity this past fall to be around shan a couple of times and uh, congratulations to him and his promotion his ability to be able to coach and And lead a grizzly secondary now be tested at the next level is uh, Roger Cooper, former MSU linebacker now has assumed his position as safeties coach at the University of Montana. So uh, all those guys, (laughs) including Anderson, uh, came from pretty humble beginnings. In fact, uh, Anderson probably if if you're going to say Mike, okay, which one of the three would be the dude that you'd want to have? Well, it'd have to be Anderson. I remember uh, in his first game against us, I believe, he was a freshman. Yeah, it was. It was a, I think it was in 2006. He had 17 tackles. Yep. And I remember thinking, well, there's a true, there's a freshman walk on safety, knocking, the, knocking your teeth out. <laughs> so it, it was fun to see those guys uh, not only play so well uh, for the University of Montana and for the Big Sky Conference, but to watch how they have all emerged or evolved into great professional people because they had the drive and you put Fletcher in with these guys you would say they had the drive long long before they began their athletic career at either university and a lot of that goes to parenting and that's one of the things that you guys are kind of talking about a little bit when you're talking about coaches and coaches having to move on because school boards are and everybody's upset in fact one of the things culture that has that i have not missed about coaching i don't miss my cell phone and i don't miss uh overindulgent parents parents who think they have the right to demand the absolute best for their son in in a sport that requires 100 percent teamwork and i would go all the way back to dane and say hey one of the great things about dane fletcher is that his parents did nothing, did nothing to further his career other than to support the entire program. And I think that's one of the great accolades I can say about any kid's parents, uh, especially after a kid goes on to have such a storied career as these guys.
0: ESPN Roundtable, Mike Kramer joining us here on ESPN Radio, talking all things Montana Football Hall of Fame. And last thing Kramer's on these uh, player inductees, particularly the safeties, and it's kind of more of a broad question just about that position in general, but I think that we've seen particularly... Over the last, let's call it 25 or 30 years in the big sky with the constant flux of the league and and the additions of teams. And then all of a sudden this wide geographic swath that it's cast and, you know, multiple time zones and eight different states and all that it's catered to there being so many different styles of football played in the big sky. And you and I have talked about this a lot over the last 10 or so years, but it seems like more than any other position, obviously being great on the offensive line or great at quarterback or having an elite edge guy, those are all tried-and-true formulas in all levels of football. But maybe having a great safety or a great pair of safeties – and the way that that guy can affect the game and also affect the way you game plan when there is so much diversity, particularly in the offensive schemes that are run in the big sky, how much do you think that's true? I mean, how much do you think that having great safeties then caters to success? Because it seems like the teams with the best safety and or safety pairs have had a lot of success in this league over the last 25 years.
1: No question, uh, culture. The, the, the thing is, is that when the conference began to spread out, um, when Dennis Erickson started taking his run back and putting him in the slot, giving him three attack receivers, inclu- not including the tight end, up the field. The h- dynamic of playing defense in the Big Sky Conference changed. It went from a run-oriented veer option, uh, wishbone option, stopping type of defense to a defense that could handle formations, adjustments, adjustments to no backs, adjustments to quads, adjustments to double wide on each side. And the importance of the safety was tripled. And the thing that was found is that the safeties were and are and continue to be wholly lacking in coverage skills. So the one thing you look for as an offensive coach, and these three guys, they had some coverage skills, but none of them were ever accused of being corners. And none of them were ever played a lot of man-to-man, solo, on an island by themselves. But what they were able to do is make sure guys that needed to cover got covered, by either the linebackers or the extra defensive backs sent into the game. And that's the one thing that allowed them defensively to lead their teams to success. And we don't always think about, you know, the quarterback as being the guy kind of running the show. Well, yeah, when you had a tailback like, you know, Steve Crocker or somebody like that, you know, great. Yeah, direct the show, get the right formation called and hand him the ball and get out of the way. Well, that's kind of the way it is today for the safeties. The safeties have to be able to tackle. Same with these guys. Safeties have to be able to get lined up same as these guys had to. But they also have to be able to play a little bit of man coverage when you put them in cover zero. (laughs) And the two safeties that played for us on our 84 National Championship team, Joe Robertson, Doug Kimball, those guys could get guys lined up. But, boy, if they got caught in a one-on-one situation, you just held your breath until (laughs) the ball came down and somebody got pushed out of bounds or something like that because those guys will admit it. You know, we go to one-on-one every day. You'd watch – our our receiving core, you know Kelly Davis and Tommy White and all those guys just go by them and over them and around. I mean, there would be some days where Kelly Bradley would complete every single pass in one on one, and then we'd go to Skelly and almost be about the same thing. But you get into an eleven on eleven situation where those safeties can interrupt and disrupt and make sure guys are covered and leverages are sought. That makes that makes those guys that much more valuable. So it's like the 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 tables have turned. In the 1960s and 70s, the quarterback on offense directed the show and made sure everybody else was better. Well, here in 2020, it's completely the safeties who direct the entire defense to to make sure that it's lined up and prepared and knows where it needs to go. This past year, the the safeties at, at Montana State University were outstanding and did a great job of making sure that their defense was never out of position, which is why the Bobcats went all the way to the national championship game. So safeties are the important facet. Of directing traffic back there, uh, which is a big change. You know, it's it's kind of like a, a 360 all the way around the world, and now we're back to uh, you know being able to interdict those routes and and be able to intercept those passes.
0: Yeah, I love it. it's like Jeff Cho used to say when he was playing Troy Anderson at quarterback. It's back to the future. We're just running the wing T out of the shotgun. <laughs> innovation, <laughs> innovation across the board. Mike Craver joining us here on New Ones now Montana Football Hall of Fame banquet. The event, June 24th and 25th in Billings. Billings Hotel and Convention Center will be the host for the banquet. The meet and greet starts at 5 p.m. and then the dinner starts at 6. It's a wonderful event. It's my seventh year being a part of this on the board of directors as well as directing the biography portions of this and getting the media guide, the press guide all ready to go. And uh, it's always so fun to hear all the stories and, and get together with everybody. We call it the biggest reunion in Montana football, and it's absolutely that. So if you can come, please do. You can get tickets at all the Universal Athletic stores around the state. You can also go to mtfootballhof.com. All your information is there. Mike Kramer, longtime Big Sky Commerce coach, joining us here on Nuanas now talking all things Montana football. Uh, coach, let's talk about Jim Sweeney because I find the the roads that stem from Butte, Montana, and uh, not just in, not just in the treasure state, not just in the big sky, but across college football. When you talk about the reach for guys like Dennis Erickson, who you already mentioned, or. Um a variety of other guys, whether it's Joe Tiller and his great prestige. And Jim Sweeney is one of those guys. But Sweeney is kind of the godfather of the Big Sky era, a guy from Butte that was Montana State's coach when the Big Sky was formed. And, and I know you have great appreciation for the history of MSU, having spent a lot of time uh, there and then coaching against MSU as well. So um, what do you think What do you think of just that origin point? Because it does seem like there are so many guys in Montana football that their ties or their roots lead back to Butte, America.
1: Well, Coach Sweeney um, recruited me to Washington State University in 1972. Now, how long ago was that? Oh my God! In fact, I, I don't think it was Washington State University. I thought it was Washington Territorial University at that time. But he had come to he came to Pullman from MSU, where he'd had a really nice run of Big Sky uh, Conference championship teams, and the Cougars were sorely lacking. But he brought in a brand of enthusiasm that still pervades today on every television, radio show you ever see. In fact, a lot of the way that I thought you had to act as a coach came from watching Coach Sweeney from afar. And in fact, one of the cool things was uh, at Washington State University was that after every win, they would sing the Bobcat fight song. Wow, <laughs> interesting! I had no idea. Not the cougar fight song, but bobcat fight. Song. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> so obviously, that that uh, his experience in in Bozeman um, transcended his experience in Pullman, and eventually he left Washington State, went to Fresno State, and built a hellacious program. and And we had some great competitive battles against Coach Sweeney when he was there in the in the mid '80s. And uh, after retired, uh, he he graciously spoke at a couple. Bobcat uh, breakfast when I was just beginning my career in Bozeman and uh, I remember one day we were getting ready to play Cal Poly and this was in 2000 and it was snowing like crazy and uh, I I wasn't there when he said it but uh, Dean Alexander told me that after I got done speaking and ran out of there to go get our team meal with our team he said he's not going to be able to do it today. He's not going to be able to do it tomorrow but give him a little bit of time and he'll be just fine. I've been around this guy for a long time, and I know he knows how to win. And what a humble statement for Coach Sweeney to say about me, because let's, all go, let's go all the way back to recruiting. So in late January of 1972, the Cougars had offered me a scholarship, and Idaho had offered me a scholarship. Idaho had been 8-3, and three, and the Cougars the year before had been, I believe, 3-7 and seven, or 3-8. and eight. And I decided I was going to go to the University of Idaho. And he came down to Colton High School, my little high school outside of Pullman there. And he said, you are the dumbest dude I know. <laughs> he didn't use the word dude. He used another word. And guess what? He's probably right. <laughs> but I, I regret that. But he was really adamant that he thought uh, I should go to Pullman. And uh, in the end, you know, they beat us all four years that I was I played against the Cougars there. Uh, and, and he did a great job because I think – in eighty sorry, excuse me, eighty God, listen to me. Seventy two and seventy three. They went six and four and maybe eight and three. And this is before, you know, anybody could go to a bowl game other than the Rose Bowl. So Coach Sweeney, who's whose high school career included a great stop at Calspell where they won the state championship in, in nineteen fifty eight over Helena High School for God's sakes, all the way to Montana State University where he won big sky titles to Pullman, where he got the Cougars in contention to Fresno State. Uh, where he had such an outstanding career, including a, a hiatus outside of the league to the NFL and then back to to Fresno State. What a great contributor he was to football in the state of Idaho, in the state of Montana, and to the Big Sky Conference because he got it kicked off in the right way.
0: Mike Kramer, joining talking all things Montana Football Hall of Fame, part of our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula, and uh, Coach. Last one I'll ask you about, because I know you got stories about all, most all of these guys. But last one, uh, from your direct connections, because uh, then we're probably going to run out of time. But love having you. Thank you so much for spending so much time. But Rocky Gullickson is a guy that has uh, an esteemed reputation uh, around the NFL. But he got his time started off at Montana State. And Montana State, sort of a pioneering program when it came to strength and conditioning. Bill Kohler, one of like the first guys that really was like a big-time weightlifter back in the mid-'70s, a guy you played against. Uh, but that was a key element for the Bobcats it has been for a long time and it seems like Rocky Gulickson has an influence on that and then also went on to have a tremendously uh, revered career at the top level a former NFL strength coach of the year
1: it's uh it's pretty tough to talk about rock you know who with, was uh without getting there uh he was the glue that held us together he got hired uh at a time when when we were really in rough rough shape as a program. Um, And he made us unified in the weight room every day. And because a full-time strength coach replaced assistant coaches in terms of how you drive a a program, they're with them every day. The season's over with, the coaches are on the road recruiting, the strength coach is putting it all together in the weight room. And he sees them every day, every guy, every time. He watches watched every guy do every lift all the time. And Rock knew exactly who was a liar, who was a snake, who was a cheater, and who was a thief. And that was the cool thing about him. He didn't curse and swear. He did yell and scream. He was a great weightlifter himself, led by example. But his quiet determination made us a really, really good football team there in 1984.
0: He's Mike Kramer. He contributes around here whenever we can get a hold of him and we love having him longtime big sky conference football coach and also big sky conference resident historian crapes thanks so much for being with us man great hearing from you great talking to you and uh, we will circle back around with you as soon as we possibly can but in the meantime have yourself a wonderful start to spring and thanks for being here man hey buddy have a
1: have a great weekend with the hall of fame and all those guys uh, a couple of those nfl guys were guys that always wove their way through uh, the hallways at Montana State University and and the University of Montana. And you'll see a lot of connections from their associations with a lot of guys who had opportunities then to go on play and excel in the NFL. So it's great that you're including everybody into this whole whole saga. The the Hall of Fame is amazing. It's an outstanding group of of young men and now middle-aged men and old men going in who all had and left an indelible print imprint on the state of Montana in the sport of football. So, culture always great to be with you. Uh, you guys have a good time, and talk to you soon.
0: There you go. One of my favorite guys. Love talking ball with Mike Kramer. Love talking history even more. It's the ESPN Roundtable. Probably presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. The Montana Football Hall of Fame was our discussion point today, talking about a great many of the guys that are going to go into the Montana Football Hall of Fame. Montana Football Hall of Fame in Billings, Montana. We have a golf tournament June 24th, and then the banquet is June 25th. The meet and greet starts at 5 p.m. The event starts at 6 p.m. You can get tickets for $100 or tables for $800. Your tickets are available at all Universal Athletic Outlets across the state of Montana, you can also visit mtfootballhof.com for all of your information. Once again, the inductees this year, Shan Schillinger, a Baker native who played at Montana before going on to the NFL, playing McElmurray of Troy and UM before going on to the NFL, Dane Fletcher, Bozeman native who played at Montana State before going on to the NFL, Jim Sweeney, legendary Montana State coach who went on to then coach at uh, Washington State and Fresno State. Rock Gullickson, famed MSU strength coach, who went on to be an NFL strength coach of the year. Marv Sunderland of Chester, who's a 39-year NFL scout, Dane Storenston of Great Falls, who's an NFL Media Emmy Award winner, and Robert Rides of the Door, a Browning native who was a liaison for more than two decades with the Washington Redskins. Tease for next week, Robert Rides of the Door will join us as well. And uh, very excited for this because their family has such epic and uh, unbelievable lineage in the state of Montana. And uh, Robert had quite an experience living in America's capital as lays on back to the Blackfeet Nation working for the Washington Redskins. A ton to get to because it's a very deep story, but he'll join us next Thursday, so very much looking forward to that. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, 30 big-screen TVs, 18 draft beers, plus a full-service casino with a bet Montana kiosk. No better place to hang out with friends and family. They also have both in early and late happy hour, six days a week. Paradise Falls in Missoula. Go check them out on the south side of town, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls. Missoula's coolest hot spot. How about some of the best track and field marks in the state of Montana? We'll take you through those and maybe give you a little talking points on tonight's NBA games as well. Keep it right here. It's 1029 ESPN Missoula. basketball recruiting merry-go-round continued this week as Montana State landed a transfer from another Big Sky Conference school. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Tuesday, Montana State announced the signing of Robert Ford III, an honorable mention All-Big Sky point guard at ISU. Ford will transfer with one season of eligibility remaining, but he has applied for a medical hardship waiver that would give him a second year. Ford, who averaged 11.4 points per game last season at ISU, will help fill the void left by a pair of MSU guards who hit the NCAA transfer portal last week. Kellen Tynes, a sophomore guard who has served as Xavier Bishop's primary backup the last two seasons. And Isaac Spears, a freshman who played sparingly, each entered the transfer portal last week. The Grizz men's basketball team now has seven new additions to their roster so far this offseason. Montana added Colorado State transfer Deshaun Thomas and his brother, Darrell Thomas, earlier this month. The Grizz landed Metro State transfer Lolu Okay over the weekend. And Montana signed four high school players. Rhett Reynolds of Shelby, Hayden Bateman of Missoula Big Sky, Jackson Knapp of Renton, and Southern California Point Isaiah Kerr last week, and finally on the second day of the Big Sky Conference Women's Golf Championships in Scottsdale, Bozeman native Cameron Bazin fired a one under seventy-one to help Montana State shoot three hundred two as a team, to sit in seventh place. Entering the last day of the tournament, Montana sits in last place. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Of all the funny stuff that Tommy Evans has said to me, or texted me, the other week when he texted me, we need to have a real talk about how Smash Mouth is a bona fide real rock band, and not just the Shrek band. And I just couldn't stop laughing because Tommy is all of like 22 years old. I don't even know how old he is now, but he is the boy genius. And, uh, I've always called him the boy genius because I I actually think he really was like 21 or 22 years old when I first started working here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Uh, But I'm pretty confident that he was not born and or not old enough to know anything about any sort of music uh, when this song came out. And uh, he keeps talking about how this is like an all-time classic rock track, and I just love it. It's, uh, It's just hilarious. A little smash mouth for you here on a Wednesday. Smash mouth before... They did the, you know, all-star thing, the Shrek thing, you know, the, the cornball thing. Back when they were, as Tommy said, a legitimate rock and roll act. <laughs> Gotta love it. Thanks so much for tuning in to my You're listening on the radio, watching on TV, you're on the ESPN Montana app, you're on YouTube, streaming it on 1029ESPN.com. Whatever you're doing, thanks for being here. Appreciate you being here. It's us high school track and field. First and foremost, I love the 100 meters. I love the 100 meters as a, just a, a athletic discipline. Uh, somebody asked me, during a blindside, I can't remember who I was playing some blindside with, but they asked me if I could retrospectively have tickets to one major sporting event in the history of the world, what would I choose? And my choice would be the 2008 100-meter men's finals in Beijing At the 2008 Olympics, when Usain Bolt was going for his second consecutive gold medal in the 100, and he had already broken the world record twice leading up to the Olympics, and then he subsequently ran a time that I'm not quite sure anyone will ever beat. One of the great athletic spectacles I've ever seen. It only lasted 9.5 seconds and and some change, and uh, still as jaw-dropped and astounded as I've ever been watching a sporting event. So that's all to say I love the 100 meters. And right now, and the 100 meters and the record of the 100 meters in Montana is a famed one for sure because of uh, some of the prestigious guys that have held it. Tough Harris was the record holder for a good amount of time. The Colstrip product who then came to the Grizzlies to play football and then went on to a very successful NFL career. Definitely one of the best athletes I've ever been around uh, in my time playing sports was Tough Harris. He was ridiculous, whether he was playing pickup basketball I mean, the guy could go out and place in the big sky and track without even being a track guy. He was a football guy by the time he was in college. But then that record was broken by Chris Wilson in 2009, and that record stood for a full 10 years. And uh, then in 2019, Damian Nelson, also of CMR, Chris Wilson is a great fall CMR guy, Damian Nelson broke the record, and he ran 10-5 flat. Damian Nelson's college career took a little detour because he decided to go to Montana State Northern up in Havre to play football, but then after a year, decided, well, I'm the fastest guy in Montana history. Maybe I should go D- go run D1 track. <laughs> so now he's running track for the Bobcats, and uh, he's been outstanding. Uh, he scored multiple. He scored in multiple events. Excuse me, uh, at the Big Sky Outdoor Championships in Ogden last spring. So he has definitely represented CMR well. But that record stands. But there's some heat on it already. Last year, Malachi Simpson of Billings Senior, who by the way verbally committed to North Dakota State for track a little while ago, but then sort of shocked the Montana sporting world by signing with the Bobcats earlier this week. Good coup by the Cats to get Malachi Simpson, but he ran as fast as 10.62 in the 100 last year as a junior. He broke 11 seconds for the first time uh, this season earlier uh, this last weekend, but that even his 10.96 was not the fastest time in the state. Thomas Carter out of Helena Capital, who's a great football player for Capital as well, he ran 10-8 flat. It got readjusted to 10-8-3, but that's still smoking hot for uh, a mid-April track time. you got to remember, I mean, this last weekend, 20-plus schools were here in Missoula for the Missoula County Public Schools invite. I've seen track meets get canceled before they start because they don't want schools coming in from all over the place to then have them get snowed in. But I can't remember a time in my time covering sports in Montana over the last 15 or 16 years when a meet started and then was canceled in the middle of the meet. Usually by the time you're in it, you're like, well, everybody's here. We're just going to finish it. But it was snowing so bad they couldn't do hardly any of the horizontal jumping or like pole vault events. It was looking like it was going to get everybody snowed in. So they called off the MCPS meet down the stretch So that's all to say that these early season times, before it gets into May, when you're having great marks, that's really, really impressive. And Thomas Carter's 10-8-3, actually in a duel against Missoula Hellgate last week. Very impressive. But the other thing about the 100 meters right now is we've had three different guys go under sub-11 already. And again, under 11 seconds this early on is great times for high school track anywhere, but particularly in Montana. So yeah, Tom Carter from Capitol at 10-8-3. Malachi Simpson from Billings Senior at 10.96, And then Taco Dowler, the outstanding Gatorade Player of the Year in football from Billings West, he went 10-9-8 uh, this last, uh, I guess, two weekends ago. So impressive for him. His teammate, Clint Ambule, is also flirting with that 11-second mark. He ran 11 recently. And a whole bunch of other guys under that 11.2 2 mark. And I think 11-3 th- is the automatic qualifications. You already got like nine guys that are running under the uh, automatic qualification. Of course, you'll still have divisionals and things like that leading up to state. The other guy worth noting who I expect to even probably improve on this time but has been very good early is Trayton Anderson out of Dillon. No relation to Troy Anderson. Trayton Anderson is S-O-N, Troy Anderson S-E-N. But Trayton Anderson ran 11-2 his best time of the season last year, but he is headed uh, to BYU to run track and field. So uh, he's an interesting up-and-coming athlete as well. A couple other marks so far uh, in the state worth noting. Tom Carter also has the best 200-meter time at 22 seconds and some change, which is very good. Uh, Another guy, though, that I'm really watching because I love the the, sort of the crossover between uh, guys that are elite track athletes and guys that are football guys because I do think that they cater to each other. But this guy is impressive because... Clay Oven from Billings Central, who's going to be one of the best prospects in the state this upcoming fall, he ran 51-2 in the 400 meters, which is a good time, the second-best time in the state so far this year. But you got to realize that Clay Oven is probably about 6'2", 215. He's a future outside or even inside linebacker at the Division I level. He's already getting recruited hard by both the Cats and the Grizz. So uh, sometimes you see those guys that are future inside and outside linebackers as good to great in the short sprints, but 400 meters for a guy that size, that shows you not only has he got great fluid fluidity in his athleticism, but also shows you, though, that he's tough as hell because it's a, a straining race to run the 400 meters, no matter what size you are. If you're over 200 pounds, you're in 400 meters in 51 seconds, you're a beast. So that's, a, that's one of the uh, outstanding times so far uh, on the boys' side of things. Some other really uh, great times so far. I think the 110 hurdles and the 300 hurdles are both going to be very interesting this year uh, at the variety of the invitational meets around Montana, but also probably into the double-A state meet. Drew Klumpf, one of the best hurdlers. He's also head of the Grizzlies to play football, but he's the defending champion in the 300 hurdles, but he's also run some really good times in the 110 hurdles. His time of 15.2 out of Missoula Sentinel, ranked second in the state to Archie LaFerge from Great Falls CMR, who ran 15.17 last week but you have to imagine that Zach Cruz also of Missoula Sentinel, the defending champion in the event will be coming. And I, I love watching when teammates like that can push each other. So Drew Klump, Zach Cruz, those two guys from Missoula Sentinel will definitely be in the mix. Cruz, or excuse me, Klump remains the the favorite in the 300 hurdles for sure at the AA level. But when, uh, when Cruz gets it going, he's going to have a mark. He has, I don't think he's had a mark yet in the one ten hurdles yet so far this year, but uh, he's going to be coming. I promise you. And, uh, the thing, the, probably the best testimony I could give to Zach Cruz as an athlete, when the stage is the biggest, he performs the best. He wasn't even expected to be in contention for the uh, high jump last year or the 110 hurdles or the javelin, and he goes out and gets gold or silver in all three of them <laughs> because he's just that good uh, when it's when it's go time, when it's championship time. Uh, so that'll be interesting to watch. Also, speaking of Trayton Anderson from Dillon, He's got the best 300 hurdles time in the state. First guy to go under 40 so far this year, under 40 seconds. He ran 39.35 uh, in the long hurdles earlier uh, this season. No one is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Uh, impressive in the high jump as well, probably the two guys worth noting. Porter Gibbs from here in Missoula, Missoula Big Sky. He's gone 6'6", as has Rhett Reynolds, who is the future Montana Grizz basketball player. So, uh, being able to go 6'6, when you're 6'9, that shows some bounce. That'll probably cater pretty well uh, to translating pretty okay to the hardwood as Rhett Reynolds makes his way to play uh, for Travis DeCure. On the girls' side, a couple of the most impressive marks so far include Jaden Wolf, who's really uh, an up and coming athlete. Who I think he's going to be recruited by a lot of different schools once the word is out on her. She's a sprinter from Billings West, she ran 12.25 seconds in the 100 meters last week. The all-class state record in Montana is 12.19. So she is already flirting with that uh, early here uh, in the season. Um, There's a a variety of really, really fun athletes to cover and follow uh, in the the middle distances, into the distances here in Montana. Odessa Zents out of Helena High, she is headed to the University of Utah on a track scholarship, and uh, she ran the best 400 meter time in the state down in Arcadia, California. So she was at the Arcadia invite, which had a bunch of both high school and collegians there as well. And she ran 58, 56 in the 400 meters. So that's the best time by a Montanan, The best time in Montana by uh Taley Chirik of Billings West. She ran 59, 46, but a variety of girls uh, under 50 seconds already. Zets has been very good in the 800 meters as well. She's got the top time in the state in that. And, uh, it's going to be really fun to watch as this thing comes down the pipe because you have Kenzie May from Missoula Hellgate who's headed to Syracuse on a track scholarship. She was the Gatorade uh, Cross-Country Runner of the Year in the fall. Callie Hartnett, who was the Gatorade Runner of the Year back her sophomore year, she is also at Hell and a High. She's an outstanding runner. And then, of course, you got Zents. It's just stocked full when it comes to the middle distances all the way into the distances. So it'll be fun to see... Uh, how those events and those sort of jacking for position before the state meet plays out. And then the last uh, female we have to highlight is a young lady who's been on this show twice before, and uh, we I promise you we will have her on again. We're launching our Senior Spotlight Series in a couple weeks. We'll feature uh, half a dozen or maybe seven of the best male and best female athletes in the state of Montana. It, it, we're running it over a 16-week span. A four, it's a four-month run. But sometimes it's hard in the summer. We never know when we're going to be gone or other people are going to be gone. But one young lady who I promise you is going to be here in studio with us is Brooke Stainer. She was a revelation last year at the Class AA track meet, placing in five different events and winning gold medals in three different events. She helped buoy Missoula Sentinel to their third uh, Class AA championship in the last four years. And she's off to a phenomenal start here her senior year the future University of Montana athlete, Has run the best time in the state in the 110 hurdles. Only young lady in the state to break uh, 15 seconds, 14.91, her top time, which is the best in the state by almost three tenths of a second. So dominant for Brooke Stainer early. She also has the best 300 meter hurdle time in the state by three and a half seconds, which is just incredible to think about. 43.35, the time in the 300 hurdles. So she is uh, off to a dominant start. She also has one of the best long jumps. In the state at nearly 17 feet, so Brooke Stater looking like she will be a force to be reckoned with, and, and probably a buoying at very least, and maybe leading and headlining factor uh, in Missoula Sentinel as they chase a uh, fourth big, or fourth class double A, excuse me, title uh, in the last five years. Probably the other most impressive mark uh, just overall so far in the state. I, I guess there's two that really jump off the page. Haley Coey from Billings West, she jumped 18.65 inches, 18 feet, 6.5 inches in the long jump. The all-class record, by the way, 19, 3.75. So she's less than a foot within that, so you never know when you pop a big one. And probably the other one comes from Hannah Shonoff of Bozeman. She has high jumped 5.7 already. The all-class record in Montana, and the high jump is 5.9 half. So there you go, some of your best track and field marks from around the state of Montana. Always fun to highlight, especially early season. Because I think that the marks this time of year are even more impressive. And uh, they'll keep getting better as the weather getting war- gets warmer. But I think that's why you see so many great track athletes from the state of Montana. Going to the highest level of college track. Because if you can do it here, in the snow, and the cold, and the wind, you can do it anywhere. It's always fun to highlight some of the best track and field marks. We'll continue to do that weekly throughout the rest of the track and field season all the way into probably June uh, with all of the regional and national meets as well. What's going on the rest of the week? We'll let you know. Keep it right here in New Now, ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally.
1: 1 is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. On any road to life, yes it goes up and down. Doesn't really matter as long as the music goes on. But Mister.
0: one of missoula's favorites slightly stupid i know so many of you have heard them in missoula over the years they seem to make it an annual pilgrimage here to the garden city and they'll be back again july 7th kettle house amphitheater maybe i'll see you there thanks so much for hanging out with us here on a wednesday missed anything in the show Sort of had to pull a late audible, but still a very fun show. We talked some dream team. We talked some reclassifications of Montana high school sports. We talked some school boards gone wild. That's that's dramatic. Uh, We talked some the the controversy of school boards and uh, their abrupt decision making when it comes to high school coaches and uh, just what that means for the landscape of high school sports here in the Treasure State. Also heard from Carrie McHugh from the Missoula YMCA. The 50th annual YMCA Riverbank run. Give you a little history lesson about Otis Bird's song and gave you some wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. ESPN Roundtable featured Mike Kramer, longtime Big Sky Conference football coach and our uh, resident Big Sky Conference historian talking Montana Football Hall of Fame inductees. He had a lot of stories to share about a variety of the men going in the hall. We also had track and field bests from across the state of Montana. You can find everything from today's show and the Nuances Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, Sportsbet Montana, as well as The Advocates. Tomorrow, get things kicked off with Mike Anderson, the head coach of the Grizz hockey team. They say they have some uh, interesting and surprising news, so look forward to that. Uh, Mike, Mike and Tucker Sargent, our good friend here at ESPN Radio, they were teasing that they wanted to come on for some big announcements, so uh, let the suspense build. We'll also hear from a couple fellows from the Montana Fly Fishing Film Festival. It's the ninth season of that, and uh, so that'll be fun to learn about that. Uh, Definitely a fly fishing mecca here uh, in the state of Montana. Uh, We'll probably talk some high school sports as well, and uh, probably give you a round of what's going on in the college scene. You know, the norm, the huge. We'll be rolling right into the uh, Boston Celtics and Brooklyn Nets NBA playoff game here on ESPN. I think that this is among, if not the most compelling series uh, in the NBA in the first round, and uh, it's a big one. Boston won game one, but uh, this one's already kicked off. One last piece of breaking news before we get out of here, too. I just just got this alert on my phone. Jay Wright out at Villanova via retirement, so that's interesting. We were having a, a long discussion throughout the month of March about Coaches that could become institutions or already were institutions at their colleges. Jay Wright was one of the leading candidates to be like the next Mike Krzyzewski. I don't know. Not now. Now that he's retired. We shall discuss tomorrow, 4 p.m. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening. Nu-on is Now ESPN Radio. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate.